Let's talk some football. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline is our buddy Patriots insider Tommy Curran, brought to us by Dr. Matthew Lapresti at Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran at 1-800-GET-HAIR. Tommy, good afternoon. How are you, friend? What's up, my guy? How are uh, you? How's I, Richard? I'm very good. Thank you. All is good. And oh, uh, I don't know if you heard Julian Edelman on the I Am Athlete podcast, but I guess I know the answer. However, uh, my duty as a pseudo-journalist makes me ask you, anything to Edelman romanticizing about maybe coming back and looking at what all of his friends are doing and have done and thinking that he can get back out there? I'm not buying it. What did you make of that comment? I'm not really buying it either, you know, in talking at length, both, you know, really to his, to his family and the people closest to him last year, he was very much at peace with it. I think between the Showtime deal, his ability to go on different podcasts, whether it's I Am Athlete or be involved with Barstool or um, all the different things that he does, I, I don't think that he needs it. I don't think that he necessarily wants it. He might feel as if his body says it. But he's bone on bone. He had a bone chip which dislodged and stuck itself behind his knee. And that's not going to stop happening. So I think it's highly unlikely that we will see Julian Edelman coming back. But I think he's tearing a page from, uh, you know, the Gronk and Brady book. Might as well keep yourself in the headlines with maybes. Oh, 100%. And I don't think he's coming back either. But just for the sake of uh, discussion, if he did come back, more likely to be with the Patriots or with the Bucks. He just loves Belichick. He loves everything about Belichick. I think it would be with with the Patriots, if any place at all. He loves everything about the Patriots. He is, I think it would be, I would be staggered if Julian Edelman ever came back to a team other than the Patriots. And I'd be pretty stunned, too, if he ever came back at all. Tommy, do you think there could be something, though, just in terms of these guys once they get over 30, Gronk took a year off, felt good, came back. Edelman was doing the, hey, man, I feel great after a year off. Dante Hightower, he missed the pandemic year for different reasons, but he came back, he didn't look the same. I'm wondering if there's a world in the NFL where so much has changed. Like, you never used to be able to come out for a concussion, God forbid. Now you go into the dark room and all that. Could we ever see a time in the NFL where if it isn't load management, it's a player saying, hey, let me take a year off so I know I can get two more years out of the end of my career? Or in that business, is that just too dangerous for a player to try to do? No, I think that the elite can do it. Like, Gronk didn't retire because his body had given out, his his mind had given out, his patience with the way things were done, his enthusiasm had waned to such an extent that he was trying to force his way, as we saw, out of New England. You know, Hightower took the year off. Because, you know, I think that he looked at his landscape. He was welcoming, if I'm not mistaken, a new child at that time. Mm. Um, And just, you know, he had won three Super Bowls. There was uncertainty as to how they were even going to navigate the season and how long guys would have to sit in the parking lot waiting to get PCR tests to go into the facility every single day. I think a lot of players looked at that and said, we're in a rebuild at that team. Tom Brady's elsewhere. Do I want to go back and go through all that? Or protect my family so I think those two instances are are far different and I think with Edelman it is health it is asking your your body to come back now I think it's a good question because there is so much beating that these guys take to take a year off at 31 or 32 we've seen guys get hurt 
for a year, come back and be sharp as hell because they had the year off to let their entire body heal. So it's a good conversation, but I don't think in Edelman's case it applies. All right, simple question with maybe not a simple answer. Who is the best player on the Patriots? I love this. We talked about this last night on early edition, thanks to, to old Drew Hart. It's Mac Jones. Mac Jones is their best player. Oh. He's their most productive. He's their most um, cerebral, I would think. He's got the most responsibility and, and has represented well with the responsibility he has. So it's, it's Mac Jones fairly easily, Andrew. Who's number two? Wow. Fairly easily, he says. Wow. I'm uh, I'm surprised by that, but I think it's one of those ones, Tom, where you would probably get, if you ask 10 people this question, you might get yep. seven different answers. Let me see what, what the list I sent in last night was. Hold on. Okay. He's pulling it up now. Wow, you good. think, Rich, seven different, yeah. se- you get seven I different would, p- players? I wouldn't have Mac Jones in my top five. And he, Tom says That's he's his cuckoo. number one easily. Yeah, I'm with Tom on this. And, absolutely and, cuckoo. It is. It is All a right, little here's cuckoo. mine. Yep. All right. Here's mine. I went Mac, Judon, McCourty, Henry, Duggar, Bourne, Myers, Andrews, Barmore, Brown. Wow. Mm. And yeah. Trent Brown's down there because even though he might be the most dominant at his position among all of them, can't play half the season. I don't care how the best definition. Best doesn't cut it if you can't play enough games. So that's why he's that far down. Well, the best ability is availability. There's yeah, that's a good list. Bill Belichick has driven that uh, driven that home as well. What are your expectations Bill, for Judon? Good. Still went Mac, Barmore, Trent Brown. He had Ramondre Stevenson at number four. Wow. Then he went Judon, Bourne, Myers, McCordy, Andrews, and Hunter Henry. Neither of us had John U. Smith in there. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, I would not expect John U. to make it in there. <laughs> That's it's, fair. It's interesting because I think for uh, – I, I personally think for a lot of folks, like I'm with Tom, it's, it's Mac and then it's Judon. Whatever order you want to put him in is fine. And then you get down to number three – and then it is who's the like, like who's the vested veteran? Adrian Phillips. That's where probably McCourty. Gets- oh my God, Adrian Phillips actually. Uh, that's an oversight. Hmm. He probably should be in there ahead of uh, maybe Andrews, maybe not, well, maybe Myers, but, maybe not. But <laughs> would but that it's funny you said that, Tom, because for me it's more like I view Phillips as more of a bit player than like a starter. Now maybe I'm oh, off on no. that because of yeah, his because of his role. But that. I would have Duggar on I would have Duggar higher on this list before Phillips. Yeah, mm. Phil didn't have Duggar on at all. I had Duggar at like five. Um I, I think Duggar's I like gonna Duggar. have a like big Duggar. year. I like Duggar. Duggar's gonna have a I big think, year, Tommy. You know, it's hard to leave folk off as well. Yeah, I mean because for what you're asking to do at his position. These nails. You know, when Belichick talked about the 2001 Patriots, he talked about, you know, putting the ball, his comfort with putting the ball on the foot of his best player, which was Vinatieri. So he might view it that way. Who's your best player? Who's your most proficient at a particular position? Hey, you know what? Can I veer back conversationally to the Edelman stuff? Yeah. I find that so interesting because we don't only just get a peek into how the team felt about Jimmy. It's as those important players are feeling that way about Jimmy and Brady's in exile for a four-game suspension and he had just taken a thrashing and he's 39 years old, Belichick's resisted to, to giving him a long, long-term contract. 
That, to me, probably galvanized the team behind Brady. Meanwhile, Belichick is so sold on Jimmy that that really, I think, sowed a lot of what happened. And in the end, Brady's performance in 2016 in the early part of 2017, saved Belichick from himself. And the savior eventually comes in the form of Mac Jones four years later. It's just fascinating when we look at how how out the Patriots players were on Jimmy. Do you think Bill knew that during in 2016? Because my big hang-up is that they waited so long to trade Garoppolo, and I think they could have gotten more, not to relive this, but they could have traded him in the offseason after 16 and if he knew that the whole team was like, this guy's soft, wouldn't that have kind of sped up him dealing him? Or did, do you think he was think unaware so. of it? I, even if he was aware of it, I don't think that he would have put a lot of stock in it. Hmm. That's just not the way he, he operates. Uh, you know, you speak when you're spoken to. If I, you know, yeah. if I want to knee your crap, I'll squeeze your head, which is what my father used to say. <laughs> he doesn't care. <laughs> doesn't care what your opinion is. He saw what he needed to see in the five quarters from Jimmy. He saw what he needed to see in the three previous years, 14, 15, and, well, two previous years, 14 and 15. He had a cheaper guy. He had a smart guy. He had a guy who wasn't growing jaded with the operation. That was his guy. And really, and I just, I'm writing about this because, you know, you remember in, in November of 2018, excuse me, 16, Belichick circles back. This is a month after that. Jimmy taps out and he says, you know, we have a good quarterback at Jimmy, and Jimmy can go out there and run everything Tom can run. We've seen that. I'm not saying he's capable. He's not capable of qualified to do it. We put Jimmy in there. It's really seamless. And he just went on and on. He was so sold. There was no moving him off his spot. It's interesting because I've always had the theory that he traded him to San Francisco to take away Brady's mistress, and Brady still left anyway. <laughs> <laughs> because he's devious like that, you know? That I mean to me that that to me is a part of what runs through the the mind of Bill Belichick. So Tommy, I want to circle back. So we got Brady, we got Judon, Duggar is is in the mix for you as well. Do do which which one of those defensive guys? If for a lot of us it's either and McCourty's going to be McCourty, we know that and he'll be used differently. But in terms of Duggar and Judon, who do you think has the more productive year between those two? Duggar, I think, in a different way. It won't show up statistically, but, you know, talent-wise, athletically, I think that he is a better fit for what they want to do, and they're developing him in that way. You know, it sticks out to me that when Kyle Van Noy was on with Chris Long on the Greenlight podcast last year, Chris Long said, you know, I've never seen any player be allowed to run the loop, which means to run up around the tackle and then behind the quarterback the way that Judon was. And he is an anomaly in the way the Patriots allow him to play, which is to not set the edge. I mean, he does do that, of course. But he got a lot more leeway to play the position in a way that the Patriots don't often sign off on. And by the end of the year, it wasn't as beneficial to the defense. And they were getting run on, and he wasn't as productive. And I had him as, you know, through 13 games, I'm like, hey, shouldn't he be considered as a defensive player of the year? The Patriots, one of the best defenses. They were crushing horrible teams. <laughs> so I think that Duggar is a better player, and Judon's very talented, but he's, he can't be the guy that he wants to be here. So he's going to have to meet them in the middle. Let's hope he does. Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston with us each and every week talking football. Thank you, Tommy. All right, guys. Have a great week.